again, good morning. Good morning to those on Zoom watching later online. Um, I, I don't want to plagiarize myself this morning, but I want to share with you uh, a, a, a little tweaked, um, but a lot of this came from uh, a couple of years ago, one of the sessions in the uh, men's conference. Uh, we talked last week about how the church in America is getting further and further away from the Word of God, uh, how we need to get back to being people of the book. And I know that consistent, regular Bible reading, uh, it, it, it takes effort, doesn't it? Uh, as we know with everything um, spiritual, uh, whether it be Bible reading, whether it be prayer, uh, it, it just seems like everything comes against us, right? You sit down, you say, I want to take some time and be with God, and just all heck breaks loose, doesn't it, sometimes? So between the, the, the distractions of the world, the flesh, oh, I'm hungry, oh, I don't feel good, oh, i got to do this, i got to, you know, whatever, uh, and, of course, the enemy is right there. You don't need this today, you know. Um, it's, it, it takes a bit to, uh, to do this consistently. But... Um, this, this study uh, is entitled, How to Make the Bible Come Alive, and I want to give generous credit to a man named Jim Walton um, this morning. But I found this brilliant, because this is some of the stuff that I, just over the years, kind of do naturally, right? Um, but again, I've been, I've been a serious student of the Word of God for 40-plus years, so um, not everybody... Uh, you know, thinks the way I do. I have to ask my wife. But um, anyway, um, so we want to benefit from the scriptures. And I want to give you just some simple tools to help you this morning. Uh, number one, the first thing is we, we, we need to understand why we should make the effort. You always got to start with the why. I have to tell you this. Because if, if, if you don't know why you need to buy this widget, it doesn't matter what good this widget is and, and what it can do for you if you don't know why you need it, right? So we have to understand the why. How, how, many, how many would say, you know, I, I, I'd like to hear the voice of God? How, how many would say that this morning? I'd like to hear from God. This is supposed to be about a relationship with God. I want to hear from Him, right? I want to hear His voice. This is the majority way that God speaks to us is through his word. So if we want to hear from him, this is it, right? More often than not. Uh, and the other thing is, it gives us help for life, doesn't it? The Bible is filled with wisdom, direction, uh, from God for our lives to give us a better quality of life. I mean, how many how many parents, grandparents, you know, you, you, you tell your children, your grandchildren, to do certain things, to not do certain things, to think about certain things. Why? Because you want them to have a better quality of life, right? You want them to experience life. And that's what God wants for us. So his, his word with things, my microphone seems to be, buzzing in and out here, so I'm going to change over. Um, 
So, so yeah, filled with wisdom, filled with knowledge, filled with insight for us to have a better quality of life, to have peace uh, when we're going through struggles, to have strength to overcome obstacles in our lives, temptations in our lives, to have joy in the midst of difficulties, right? Hope for the future. It's all in here. It's all in here. And it's, and it's not coming from a source that is up and down and wishy-washy. This is, this is the Word of God. This is the truth, right? And God backs up His Word. So um, it's all there. So this is why we need to make the effort. The, the, the second thing, um, and I'm sure you've heard this phrase before, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Right? Is that true? in Bible reading, right? If we don't have a plan, if we don't have an, an intention in reading the scriptures, yeah, I, I, I know, but I, I got to do this, or, or the, you know, the coffee pot's doing this, or, you know, there's, there's just something, always something. We got to have a plan in place, and it really doesn't matter what that plan is. Whether, you're, whether you've set out to, there's a lot of reading plans that you can get, um, Online, I was hearing about one the other day, um, some of the Old Testament, some of the New Testament together. Sometimes there's the Bible in the year. Personally, I think that's kind of aggressive. Uh, I, I don't read fast. For some, some, of, some of you readers who've been reading for a long time that, you know, can, can read a novel in three or four days, you know, okay, maybe for you. But for a lot of us, maybe it's the Bible in two years. Actually, I've got some, some copies of a, a Bible reading plan in two years on, on the table going out. Um, or three years, or the daily bread, or an online devotional, or something that you know comes to your inbox, right, every single day. Or my personal favorite, a book at a time. Pick a book of the Bible. That way you get the context. You're not just pulling out a verse here or a verse there. You're going through, you know, systematically get that book of the Bible done and uh, go through. So it, it doesn't really matter what the plan is as long as we have a way that works for us. It's not everything works for everybody, right? We need to have a plan that works for us so that we can regularly, consistently spend time in God's Word. Uh, number three, I'm going to give you a bunch here um, of, well, actually, three strategies uh, for interacting with God's Word. Uh, and under each, uh, I'll give you some examples. Uh, so the first strategy for interacting with God's Word uh, is a list of questions. And you can, you can write these down. You can have them on a you know, piece of paper next to your open Bible. And first of all, the question is, what does this teach me about God the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit? Okay. What is this saying about God? Um, for example, the Father sent his Son, right? John 3.16. What does that tell me about the Father? Who is the Father? Is he this mean God up in heaven that says, you will conform to me because I'm God? No, he sent his son to us, not to condemn the world, but to save it, John 3 says, right? For God so loved the world. 
What does this tell us about God the Father? He loves me. He loves me. God, imperfect as I am, all the warts, all my failures, all my sin, He loves me, right? John 3.16. Jesus, Jesus willingly laid down His life. John 12.27, Jesus says, Now my soul is troubled. Right? This is, this is Him... Uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I have come to this hour. Look at the willingness of Jesus. He knew what was coming up ahead. He knew the crucifixion. He knew the crown of thorns. He knew the beating that he would take, the intense physical pain, and the spiritual pain that you and I will never understand. Him bearing the... You know what it's like to feel guilty about something, right? Jesus bore the weight of the sin of mankind. Can you imagine what that... We can't. What that felt like, the heaviness of that. So he suffered physically. He suffered spiritually. He knew he was going to his death, and yet he did it for you. He did it for me. What does that tell us about Jesus? Right? The Holy Spirit, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. What does this tell us about the Holy Spirit? He's not just an impersonal force. He's not just a, a power. He's not just a, uh, a symbol of something. He is a person who can be grieved. Right? Again, parents, grandparents, when you see your child, your grandchild do something, you know that's going to be injurious to them. What happens? You're grieved in your heart, right? This is who the Holy Spirit is. Sent by God to live with us, to be in us. And He can be grieved when we go off in directions that are not going to be good for us. He cares, right? So, what does this scripture, what does this passage tell me about the Father or the Son or the Holy Spirit? Who are they? Uh, number two, what does this teach me about me? What does this scripture, this passage teach me about me? Romans 7, uh, 18 and 19, For I know that nothing good dwells in me, Paul says, that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. How many can relate to the Apostle Paul sometimes? <laughs> right? We need a Savior. What does this tell us about me? I... As the best that I try, I still fall short. I need a Savior. You need a Savior, right? This is what the Bible tells us. So again, we're not just reading words on a page. We're learning about who God is. We're learning about who we are. Sometimes that doesn't look too pretty. But then we look at the love of God. We look at His forgiveness. We look at His grace for us. And we say, you know, even with all of that, he is this toward me. A uh, couple, couple more. Is there a promise to claim? 
Okay, reading along, is there a promise in there that God makes to me that I can claim for my life? Number four, is there a priority to change? Hmm. can find that in the scriptures, can't we? Uh, number five, is there something of worth to value? Romans 3, for example, 23 and 24, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Justified by His grace as a gift. We all went through Christmas. We all, what, do you, what do you have to do to receive a gift? Take it. You don't have to be perfect, right? don't have to live up to say, if, if you do this, then you can get that. No, it's a gift, right? There's something to value, the gift of righteousness that God bestows on us, you and me, by our faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. Amazing, amazing gift to value. Is there a lesson to learn? Another question, is there a lesson in here to learn? A lot of lessons that Jesus taught in parables, right? Lessons that we can learn. Is there an issue to resolve? There's one. Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Is there an issue to resolve? Am I holding bitterness? Am I holding resentment? Am I holding a grudge? Am I letting that bitterness spoil my heart? And as, and as I'm bitter and express that bitterness toward others, I'm drawing, or towards someone else, I'm drawing others in with me, aren't I? Right? You believe what they did to me. They're a rotten person. We're bringing other... The Bible talks about a root of, a root of bitterness that, uh, that spoils many. Right? Yeah. Is there an issue... To resolve, need to forgive. Is there a command to obey? Eh, probably not. There's probably not any any of those in there. I don't know why that's even in there. <laughs> Is there an activity to avoid or stop? Probably a few of them in there too, huh? Absolutely. Is there a truth to believe? A truth to believe. Ephesians chapter two verse four. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us. Right? Wow, there it is again. The love of God for me. Even when I blow it. Even when I don't feel, I don't love myself because of what I've done, because of this or that or the other thing. And I'm feeling down on myself because of how other people are treating me or whatever. I think I'm unlovable no, I'm not. The God of the universe loves me, right? Is there an idol to tear down? Okay. Something I'm trusting in other than God to meet a need in my life or something that I'm putting ahead of him when I'm deciding on how I'm going to handle a situation or, or direction that I'm going in. That's an idol, right? Is there an idol that needs to be torn down? I'm not following God because I'm 
I, I, I want to take care of this, you know, th this person. I, I, I need this person, right? Um, an idol to tear down. Uh, is there an offense to forgive? Is there a direction to take? Is there a sin to confess? John tells us very clearly, you know, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We're going to talk about confession um, here in a couple of weeks, how important that is. Uh, one of the best uh, pieces of advice I ever got, keep short accounts with God. You know, if you blow it, you know you blew it, confess that thing right away. Just take care of it, right? Don't let it keep going on. Well, you know, I'll, I'll confess that tomorrow. No, because it just, you know, again, it weighs on you. You know, you, you're not going to have confidence in God the rest of the day if that thing isn't taken care Confess it. Lord, I blew it. God says, I know, and, and I'm telling you, I know that I blew it. You know, forgive me because of what Jesus said on the cross. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Number 15. 15. A lot of good things here. How does this fit in with the story about Jesus? You know, this, this, this Bible, it's, it, it's all a story about Jesus, right? When you, when you look at the whole thing, man blew it. Man's in trouble. Man's going to face uh, judgment someday. Man can't save himself. What can we do? Jesus comes and saves the day. Right? It's, that's, that's the very simple version, but it's all about Jesus. It all leads up to Jesus. You see the fall in the garden. You see, you see fallen people trying to keep the law and they can't do it. Right? Over and over, they get in trouble. They, they walk away from God, you know, on and on and on and on and on. Enter Jesus into the picture who gives the gift of righteousness, who reconnects us to God, who causes us to be born again, right? All about Jesus. So how does this fit in with Jesus? For example, Exodus, way back, Old Testament, right? Second book of the Bible, chapter 32, verse 4. This is speaking of Aaron, that he, you know, Moses had been up on the mountain spending some time with God. He was up there a little too long for the rest of the people who had come up out of Egypt. And uh, he, 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 Aaron, received the gold from their hands and fashioned with it with, with a graving tool and made a golden calf. And they said, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Here, you know, sometimes you got to scratch your head. But then you think, um, boy, would I have done the same thing? You know, here they are. God brings them out of Egypt. Egypt is the most powerful nation on the face of the earth, right? They got the biggest army, everything, you know, going for them. And, and God, you know, systematically with a series of plagues brings them out. And, and, they go, and, he, and he tells them, go to your neighbors and go to your friends and say, hey, can you, can you give me something for the trip? And they're giving them gold and they're giving them silver and they walk out. You know, the, this race of slaves, they walk out, you know, rich and, 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 they, and they leave um, because of the hand of God on their behalf. And Moses is up on the mountain a little too long and they go, okay, we got to do something here. Let's make a calf. Right? And, and I look at them and I go, 
you know, after all of that, after all the miracles, God leads them out. There's, there's this pillar of fire, you know, that you can see for miles that, that, that keeps them during the night and a pillar of cloud during the day that they can physically see that's, that's leading them on their path. And after all that, after all the miraculous things God does, say, well, we'll just, you know, we don't know what happened to him, so we got to do something on our own. But then again, I look back in my life and I say, God did this, God did this, God did this. And sometimes I find myself going, okay, God, you know, I've been praying about this for three days now. And you haven't, so I got to do this. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree, does it? How does this fit in with the story of Jesus? Boy, we need a Savior, don't we? We need a Savior. Can't do it on our own. We need Jesus. So again, um, lots of good questions. And I'll, I'll make these sheets available so that you have them, unless you're taking really, really good notes this morning. But a lot of good things. As you, you know, you're approaching this passage and you say, here, what, what, what's in here? What is in here, right? What is this telling me about God? What is it telling me about me? Promise to claim, priority to change, issue to uh, a lesson to learn, an issue to resolve, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that way we're interacting. What is God saying to me through this? Right? And He's there. He's there. Right? It's, it's the Holy Spirit's job to reveal truth to us. He is there to impart that to us. But, but Jesus ta talked a lot about treasure, didn't he? Right? Got to open the book. Got to get in there to see what treasure he has for us. Okay, another um, strategy that I think you're going to find uh, pretty interesting called word emphasis. Word emphasis, okay? Um, find the key text in the packet passage and read it, emphasizing each of the different words to get further meaning, drawing out thoughts about yourself and God. Um, going back to those first two questions, what's God saying about him, what's he saying about me? For example, Philippians 4.13, I like this a lot. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How many know that verse? I've heard that verse, right? Now, if you do word emphasis on each word, how this changes it a little bit. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Okay? I'm not talking, God's not talking to me about Shirley or Skip or Rob or Walt. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things. Not maybe, not might be able to or should, right? But yes, I can. Right? Do. I can do. I can accomplish, not just think about, not just wish, not just hope for. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's actual, not potential. Right? I can do all things, not just some of them, not just, well, yeah, that, well, that's, that's for the pastor, that's for the deacons. They, you know, they, can, they can do those things, but not, no, I can do all things. Right? What, what is God telling me that I should be doing? I can do that. 
through Christ who strengthens you. All things. Through Christ. Right? Through who? Through Christ. He is the enabler. Not in my strength. Not in my, my wonderful willpower. I can get through this temptation. I can get through this crisis because I'm tough. No. Through Christ who strengthens me. His power in my life. Right? You, I was just... Um, we drove by the church yesterday. My grandson and I heading to the store and... Uh, he said, isn't that your church? He said, yeah, well, the car's, you know, all there. I said, well, that's, that's the AA meeting, right? And then I was able to explain to him what AA was all about, right? And how it was originally started by Christians that, that weren't talking about necessarily a higher power. They were talking about God and Jesus Christ, right? Um, through Christ, who's a dependency on Jesus. Not me, right? Not me. Dependency on Jesus Christ. He's the one who empowers me. Okay? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens. Right? It's a process. Strengthens. Okay? Day to day, learning, becoming stronger. Jesus is going to strengthen me. So, what do we do? Um, that's pretty neat, isn't it? Take those words apart and see. So, reading the passage, interacting with the passage. God, what are you speaking to me? And, and, and pray before you open the book. God, I want to hear from you today. Show me what you want to say to me. And then meditate on it. Meditate on it, chew on it, right, throughout the day throughout the week, these things that God is speaking to us through his word. It may, to, it may lead to other questions, right? Like, how can I, how can I do that? Why, how, why should I do that? How does, how does God's strengthening happen in this situation? You know, other questions that we can go back and uh, find out. Finally, um, the last one is ask the question, okay, I've read this passage, so what? I, I do this with, uh, with, with sermon prep. I get to the end, I go, so what? If I can't answer the question, so what, there's no reason to be up here. <laughs> right? So what? What's the point? What difference is this going to make in my life? Ask the question of the scriptures. It doesn't matter, can I say this, uh, just a couple of addendums here. It, it doesn't matter that we go through quickly. Again, Bible in the year, uh, how many times? I read my chapter today. Well, what did you read? A chapter. Yeah, but, yeah, but what did what, you get out of it? A chapter. You know, don't worry about getting a certain amount done. If you're three words into it and something begins to speak to you, Get three words done today, right? The, the important thing is interacting with God. The important thing is hearing from him, understanding what you've heard, right? Applying it to our lives so that we can benefit from it. Not that, not that we read the book of John. Okay. What'd you get from it? Yeah. So...
don't don't worry about going fast. Uh, number five, which I which I've already alluded to, um, as with any other habit, it's going it's going to take time to develop. It's going to take intentionality, right, to establish. Um, as with prayer, we're going to have to push through uh, the, the world, the flesh, and the devil, right, to, uh, to, to get it done regularly and consistently. Um, but, again, um, why, why do we do it? God wants to speak to us. God wants to draw us closer to himself. He wants to strengthen our faith. He wants to build us up. He wants to make us someone who can have an impact on the lives of people around us. That's our calling, right? We get that through the Word of God. Through the Word of God. Thankfully, we can ask the Lord for help. Do all things. I can do all things. I can get regular Bible reading done in my life. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God, I need help with this. I'm not motivated. Be honest. I'm not motivated, Lord. Would you stir my heart? Would you give me a hunger for your word? Would you draw me in? Help me to do this. I guarantee it will make a tremendous difference not only in your life, but the lives of people around you. Amen? People of the book, I guess we can call that people of the book part two. Got to get back to the truth of God. Because if we don't, our own faith is going to be eroded. I, I, you know, l listening to... Um, uh, there, there's a lot of things coming against the Christian faith in our society today more than any other time in America. And you know, the Bible says in the last days, the love of many will grow cold. You do realize that, right? There's going to be the love of many, not just a few. A lot of people are going to turn away from the faith. Why? It's going to erode slowly, slowly. Getting away from this and adopting the ideals and the values and the philosophies of the world around us. doesn't happen overnight. People don't wake up and just go, I don't want to be a Christian anymore. Slowly, slowly, slowly. But if you're in this every day, every day, every day, it's going to make us strong. Not only strong personally, right, but give us the strength that we need to be that light of the world, to the world around us. Amen? Amen. People of the book. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your love for us. We thank you so much for giving us your word, that, that center point that has kept the church going for 2,000 years. And once again, Lord, we do ask that you would draw us. We do ask that you would stir our hearts to get to know you through this word, to hear your voice through this word, that we might benefit with all the promises and the graces that you have for us. 
and be a, a light to the rest of the world. We thank you. We praise you, Lord. We give you all the glory. Through Christ we pray. And as we're praying this morning, I, I don't ever want to be uh, remiss. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone will hear my voice and open that door, I will come in. You know, this whole thing is predicated on that relationship with God that is made possible through Jesus Christ. You and I need to understand that he came and he bore our sin on that cross, bore our punishment on that cross so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be reconciled to God in this relationship, so that we can understand his word, so that we can hear his voice. And so we can take this relationship from this life into the next one someday. And if you've never opened that door of your heart personally to him, I invite you to do that today. Just say, Jesus, I understand that you died for me. I come with all my faults, all my failures, all my sins. I come to the foot of that cross. I open that door of my heart and I invite you in. Jesus, come. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Show me what it is to walk with you, to know you. And I thank you for that. In your blessed name I pray. Amen.